The next three days could set our trajectory to change the next 30 years of your marriage. We are here because we have hopes, dreams, and desires for our marriage. Maybe if we let God's design inform our dreams and expectations, we could experience what our heart truly longs for. Weekend to Remember is the perfect opportunity to just get away and connect. It's a getaway with a purpose. Weekend to Remember is one of the most valuable things that you can do with your time as a couple. We see God work in a weekend. And it's always we walk away going, wow. We had a new beginning. We had a chance to start over. And we have never gone back. The Omaha Getaway is March 17th through the 19th at the Omaha Hilton. See your bulletin or Torian and Elisa Walker for more information on how to register and save on your getaway. Praise God. It's good to see everybody this morning. You know, before we get started, I want to tell you a story. Um, and this is the heart of a Christian. So there's a couple uh, that pastor a Calvary Chapel in Thousand Oaks, California. During the pandemic, uh, they refused to do what the governor wanted them to do. And they met for church anyway. They refused. And... Um, Literally, the, gov the government of California came after him. And, uh, and how I found all this inside story out was a pastor friend of mine uh, spoke at that church. He had met this guy in another meeting. And, uh, and so anyway, so here's this, this man, this pastor, and his wife and family. You know, they own a home. Uh, they, they, you know, their, their church is growing, all this stuff. Then a pandemic hits. And they are told that they can't meet. So they decide to meet anyway. It got to the point where they were coming after them and they said, we will literally uh, fine anybody who comes to your church service $10,000 every service, right? Got to the point where other churches came together and said, anybody who wants to go to church, we will pay your fine. So this whole thing went to court. And so this went to court, and here was what this man was facing. He, he goes to his wife, and he said, "Hun, he goes, if we lose, if we do this, if we, if we go after and go to court and allow this to go to trial, he said, if we lose, we will lose everything. We'll lose, the church will be gone, uh, our, our home will be gone, all of our assets will be gone. All of our retirement will be gone. Everything will be gone, and I will go to prison for five years, minimum, or for sure for five years. This is what his wife said. I would rather go visit a courageous man of God in prison than live with a coward. Isn't that amazing? But see, that doesn't come out of your heart in your own strength. That's why we're teaching on righteousness. And you know, uh, really interesting, you know, that's where Christianity, that's where you're laying, you're right on the line. Now, I think it's amazing that in the United States of America, this just happened. Yeah. 
So we better be conscious of humbling ourselves, seeking his face, turning from our wicked ways so that he will hear from heaven, come and heal our land because we don't ever want that happening here, right? But isn't that an amazing story? And you know they won. They won the court case. And, uh, and you know what? I could tell you this, guys, and this is the reason why we're preaching on this stuff. You got to know who you are in Christ. You must know who you are in Christ, right? Because you are a child of God. You've been made the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. And what that means is everything changes. Righteousness, as you learn to walk in righteousness, it, it's a mastery thing. It gives you dominion and mastery over everything in your life. Do you know every time you come to church here, every time, See, this is not a religion, thank God, right? Religion, let's try to be good enough to be accepted by a holy God. Well, good luck with that, we can't, right? Christianity is about a relationship where God looked at man who was dead and separated from him because of sin, and, man, and God came looking for us. And thank God, he sent his son. This is the gospel message, this is what, what you are called, you've been put in, you've been given the word of this. You've been placed in this ministry. You've been literally empowered as an ambassador of God to speak this to the world. And that is to be reconciled to God because literally Jesus paid for your debt. He died for your sins. He was made to bear all of your sin so that you would be made his very righteousness. Isn't that amazing? That is the message. We have to get it first. Right? Because you can't give something that you have not received. Right? That you have not walked in. But every time, realize this, when you come to church, the presence of God is here. There's a corporate anointing here. You're going to be equipped with the word of God. The word of God will equip you. And this, and you're, and you're always at a decision place every time you come to church. You can decide to let go of death and embrace Zoe life and walk free from all addictions, walk free financially, walk free in your body. God has provided everything for us isn't that amazing and all we have to do to walk in all of it is just simply believe it that's amazing so that's the message right so let's keep going with this the power of righteousness let's turn in our bibles to second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 you probably haven't heard this verse for about a week right Hopefully you've been meditating in it. I think a million years from now we're going to be seeing new things in this verse. It says, for he, talking about God the Father, hath made him, talking about Jesus, he hath made him sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Not clothed with righteousness, 
made righteous. This is your identity. This is who you are. Righteousness, we've said this, part of it, it means to be justified. It literally means that God looked at all the, all of the evidence of your life and he declared you once and for all innocent. Isn't that amazing? Well, how could that be? Because we've all messed up. Yeah, but it's all been erased. Jesus erased all of it. You know, we went and saw a movie uh, Friday night on the Jesus Revolution. And it was uh, an awakening, a spiritual awakening that happened in, this, in the United States that started where we used to live in Southern California. It, it started, actually took place before I got there. Actually, Jim, you were, you were probably there, weren't you? Right? Yeah, you were, you were there at the time. So it, it's just a powerful awakening uh, that happened. And it, and it happened, predominantly was started by the hippie population in California. These people that were seeking truth and yet they were just seeking the wrong thing and God intervened. Guys, now we have a lot of people that want nothing to do with God, hate God, are anti-God and to that I say, so what? They're still dead and separated from God. We have a lot of Christians that are sitting in church and they're just so self-centered, they, they don't even know who they are, right? But I'm telling you, this is a season of a great awakening in the church. The Bible says, awaken to righteousness. And that's why we're teaching on this, so that we could wake up to who we've been made in Christ. That awakening will usher in a revival. There's a revival is that where people get saved? No, we're talking about a revival where Christians are revived. They wake up and they're revived and they realize, wow, this, the reason why I'm here is to be light in this world. And the byproduct of that revival will be a mighty harvest of souls as we go out and just tell the people this simple message, right? Guys, this is a time. This is a time to stop playing church. This is a time to embrace the word of God, right? I heard a statement uh, this week when I was down at Rama. powerful statement. And the statement was, grace is how God loves you. And then, it, then they said, holiness or your behavior is how you love him. Right? Powerful statement. You know, God says, I know if you love me because you do what I say. But here's the good news with that. How many of you have tried to do what God said, but you just failed? Man. You know, I've, I've been to that concert, right? Bought the t-shirt, right? Played in the sandbox, right? I mean, we've all done that. But then you get into the word of God and you find out, wait a minute. As I grow in a revelation knowledge of who God has made me, that will empower me. God will empower me to walk holy before him. And, and holiness, have you ever met a holier-than-thou Christian? Right? It's like, oh my gosh, you make me want to throw up. Right? They're out there beating people up with the Bible. You better turn or you're going to burn. Right? All this stuff. That's not the gospel. 
The good news is Jesus took your place. The good news is come as you are, right? Thank God. So we're getting this here. Have you noticed? The hunger level is growing in our church. And God wants you so full of his word, so sensitive to his spirit that now you equipped with the word of God and walking in the power of the spirit of God can now be sent into all these different areas of influence and to bring light and to bring the love of Christ and to bring the power of God to change it, right? We have a bunch of Christians that want to go and let's, you know, let's go down to an abortion clinic and let's pick it. And you've got a bunch of people with great intentions. But if they're not led by the Spirit of God, if they're not full of the Word, if they're not full of the power of God, if they don't know who they are and know they have authority and dominion to break the power that's behind it, they're just coming against people. And will have little or no results. But oh, if you get full, so full that you get your eyes off yourself and start to walk in the destiny and purpose that God has for you. Man, you could sit at your kitchen table and change a city. Right? So it's time for the church to be the church, to be led by the Spirit. Now, am I saying that picketing an abortion clinic or something like that is wrong? It is if you're not led there. It's not if you're led there, right? I don't know about you. I've been led by the Spirit of God and ever. well, I should say this. I do know about you. Listen, when you go where God calls you to go and do what he calls you to do so that now you're going with a message and that message is just dripping with the love of God and it's also dripping with the anointing of God and it's also spoken in the authority of God, it breaks down anything the enemy is doing. Right? How do we change? How do we further the kingdom of God in this city? How we do it is we awaken to righteousness. Right? We awaken to righteousness. We get revived so that we see who we've been made. And then we step out and go do what God's called us to do, one person at a time. And for some, man, he might call you into the political arena. And if he does, man, we'll pray for you because, wow, what a whacked arena that is, right? But you know what? If he calls you there, boy, he'll grace it and nothing will be able to stop you. He might call you into, here's another hard area, school boards. Ooh, Satan wants our kids. But it's time that we get, a, we, we get revived. Well, I wasn't planning on saying any of this. It's, it's it, that we get revived, awakened, and we step into these things. And we go into a school board that is filled with people that want nothing to do with God so that we can change it. Because here's the thing that we have. God makes a way where there is no way. Oh, the world could try to slam that door in your face, but God opens doors that no man can shut. He makes you the head and not the tail. So get ready. Do you know there's a strong push 
in our city and in our state to really turn this thing to be very, very liberal. They want, this, they want this state to be just like California. Aren't you glad we have the authority in the name of Jesus to stand up? So let's forget the whole Democrat-Republican thing. Why don't we just stick to the righteousness thing? Right? Because that's how we vote. This is... This is this is it, right? Am I getting political? No. No, I'm a child of God, Amen. right? No, I'm going to stick with the word of God because this is, this is truth, and truth will always change facts. Do you know Psalm 512, that God's favor crowns you as a child of God? It crowns you as a shield, do you know if you study the favor of God that the favor of God has literally changed laws and nations? It has literally got people out of jail that are serving life sentences and they're, they're preaching now. I mean, it's cha it just it changes everything. And God wants to crown you with his favor to send you into this dark world. But you know what? Don't ever feel like, oh gosh, I'm going to this dark place. Listen, the minute light comes to a dark place, guess what? It's no longer dark. Amen? So let's get into it. You ready to get into the word? That was like a preview. What does that have to do with righteousness? Figure it out. All right, so he was made to be sin. He, bore, he was made to bear all of our sin. He was the innocent sin sacrifice so that we would literally be made. This word has no process. Instantly come to be, come into existence, the very righteousness of God in him. And then let's go to 2 Peter now. We talked about one verse, but I want to go back and get the context. We're starting to move in about all that righteousness, now that we know we're righteous, what does that mean, right? Remember last week, we, we went to Isaiah 54. We found out in righteousness, I will be fixed and immovable, verse 14, right? Why will I be? I'll be far from oppression because I won't fear. I'll be far from terror. It won't come near me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I'll condemn it because it's my heritage as a child of God. I've been made righteous, right? We saw last week how because we've been made righteous, this is why Jesus said, listen, the works that I do, greater works will you do because I'm going to the Father. That if you say you're of him, then you ought to walk just like he walked. And he walked fearless. He walked with utter mastery of every arena of his life. So 2 Peter 1.1, it says this, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. So he's talking to you, right? You've obtained like precious faith. You are literally given a measure of the faith of God when you get born again. So what I want you to see there 
is faith is very precious, like precious faith. To them who have obtained, that have obtained like precious faith, with us, how did we obtain it? Through the righteousness of God. How did I obtain, how did I, how did I get the faith of God? It was through righteousness. I had to be declared righteous. Isn't that amazing? Right? So let's keep going with this. Through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So in other words, we obtain the faith of God through being made the righteousness of God. Now, now if you think about this, you obtain the faith of God. That's why these unseen things that you have been given, all the blessings of God, all, everything God gave you by his grace, through faith you could pull it out of the spiritual realm into the natural realm, right? All that treasure in heaven that's yours, everything that's on that table that was provided for you, all the money you'll ever need will do you no good in heaven. It needs to be brought into this realm right? And God will bring it into this realm. But how it will come is through faith. You receive through faith what God has given you by his grace. So verse 2, he says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? Through the knowledge of God and through the knowledge of Jesus our Lord. So grace and peace is multiplied to you. Grace. You could say healing is, is by the grace of God. It's not added, it's multiplied. Right? Listen, you might think you have a joint problem or a kidney problem or a liver problem or some kind of blood disorder, but when the healing power of God comes, it will eradicate that, and not only that, it'll bring more life because it's multiplied to you. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, is not to be added, it's to be multiplied. Why is that? Because you and I are not, see, if I was a tree, if I was an apple tree, those apples that were produced in my life, the fruit that was produced in my life is not for me. The fruit is to be given away to others. So that's why all this stuff is multiplied. God gives you more than enough because you are to go and give it away. When you go through something in your life that the enemy brings to try to steal, kill, and destroy, if you'll believe God, you'll go, you'll gain, you'll go through it with him. He'll give you the victory and the triumph. And all of a sudden now, the rest of your life, you will, he'll bring people across your path that you could give that fruit to. Listen, I was at the point of suicide. I was deep in depression. I was, I was just so fearful. I, you know, all this stuff, and I got out of that. I was addicted over here, and I'm no longer addicted anymore. Right? Free from alcohol, free from drugs, free from all addiction. And then you give that fruit away to people. It's the way we live. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. How? Again, through the knowledge of God 
and through the knowledge of Jesus our Lord. Wow. So grace and peace is multiplied, right? We've obtained faith, the faith of God, through being made righteous. Look at verse 3. According as his divine power hath given us unto us all things that pertain to life. This is the Greek word zoe. This literally, this word literally means the very life and essence, the quality of life that God has. It says, God's divine power hath given us all things that pertain to Zoe life. You have within you right now everything you need to walk in the same life as God walks in. But look at this, pertaining to life and godliness. You also have everything in you so that you can walk as Jesus walked. It's all in you right now. Right? But look at, look at this. But it comes through the knowledge of him who has called you to glory and virtue. Have you, are you seeing a common denominator here? It comes through the knowledge of him. Now this word knowledge is an interesting word because it just doesn't mean head knowledge. This is talking about knowledge that is revealed. God opens his word and reveals who he is to you. Through, when you gain revelation knowledge of who God is and who Jesus is, now all this stuff is added and multiplied to you. Verse 4 Whereby, again, that's a little, that's a little whereby. That's Elizabeth in English. But you could, what that means is you should write through this. That's what that word means. So in other words, it's telling us all these things that have come through the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then it says, through this are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises Why? That by these, by these exceeding great and precious promises, you might be a partaker of the very divine nature, that you could be a partaker of God's nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. What is that? The Bible says the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father and it is passing away. So righteousness makes you free from that. You might not feel free from it, but you are, right? So now we're able to partake of his divine nature through revelation knowledge of Jesus. But you can't partake of his divine nature until you've escaped the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You have to escape it. So many Christians are trying to overcome it. You just got to escape it. Right? How do you do that? You already did it. 
you've already escaped. You've been made righteous. So you're escaped. You've escaped. So now simply, all you got to do, just like Paul said in Romans chapter 12, now you just got to present your body a living holy sacrifice. Well, how do I do that? How do I keep my flesh under? Well, you have to renovate your thinking. See, your mind has to be renewed to the word of God. You have, to, you have to meditate in scripture, which means, and this is where most people fail, God can no longer be a peripheral in your life. God can no longer be something you do at 845 on a Sunday. He's got to be the center. This is number one. And when this is number one, nothing will move you in this world. Only his word will move you. Right? So when I do that, when I put his word number one, and now I meditate in his word, that means I keep his word in abundance in my heart, and I keep it coming out of my mouth, then the word of God is opened up by the Holy Spirit on the inside of me, and I gain revelation knowledge of who Jesus is. It enables me to partake of his very nature. It enables me to walk in grace and peace and have it multiplied. It enables me to walk by the faith of God. In other words, I'm now empowered to walk this way. This is how you've been made. So you have, to, you have to know, like all of the prayers of supplication in Paul's letters to the church, all of them are not so that God would give you something. All of them are so that you would see what God has already given you. Because all of us have a decision every moment of every day, don't we? Am I going to speak the word, or am I going to speak what I feel? Am I going to speak what I see, right? Or am I going to speak what he says? And based on those decisions, whatever you speak is what you will have. We have all this doctrine out there that's sovereignty. Oh, you know, God's sovereign. He's in total control. He's not in total control. If he was, guess what? There would not be one baby aborted on this planet. There would not be anyone today die of hunger. Right? There would be no lack ever. Right? If he was in total control. But what is that? That, that unhealthy sovereignty doctrine. Now is God sovereign? He absolutely is. And this is rule number one, the way he set up sovereignty, is man's will trumps his will. God will always protect your will. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell, but he will respect their decision to go there. He doesn't send anybody to hell. They choose it, and he will work their whole life to try to get them not to, right? Now, the goal of a Christian my goal is to submit to his word and to his, his spirit so that he's in total control of my life, right? So we partake of his divine nature through revelation knowledge of Jesus. We've got to renew our mind to these things. And we said this last week, until you overcome Sin consciousness, you'll never be able to master your own life. You, you as a Christian have to stop living conscious 
of your own weakness, inferiority, your own sin. Because it makes you draw back. Well, I just don't deserve this. Right? I, I just, no, no. You've been made righteous. You have to live conscious that I've been made righteous. If you will live that way, it'll cause you to walk free from sin. We must develop a righteousness consciousness. Right? This is who we are in Christ. And we said this last week. This will produce an image of Jesus on the inside of us. See, we can't walk like Jesus walked if we don't have an image of Christ on the inside of us. So I love, turn in your Bible to Philemon. Philemon. Don't go to chapter 2. If you have chapter 2, wow, get a new Bible because there's not chapter 2 in there, right? So go to, it's Timothy, right? First and Second Timothy, then Titus, and then Philemon. It's just a little one chapter thing. And Philemon verse 6. It says this, that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. In other words here, if you break this down, it's saying that the communication of your faith, which you've been given by God, it becomes effective when you start acknowledging every good thing in you in Christ. In other words, your faith becomes effective as you begin to talk about what, who you've been made in Christ. Right? That you've been, Father, I thank you that I've been made your very righteousness apart from works simply by faith. As you start to say who you are, who the word says you are, your faith becomes effective. See, a lot of people are believing God for their healing, but they're talking about all their mess all the time, and their faith is not effective. Right? They're trying, they're, they're, they think they're in faith, but all they are doing is talking about their mountain. They're not talking to their mountain. Right? So this is a huge scripture. You and I are to speak what we have been given a right to. That's what we speak. Do you know you've been given a right to have the desires of your heart? Do you know you've been given a right to walk in and have every good and perfect gift that comes down from above from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness? That means what he's done for one, he will do for all. You have a right to that. Do you know you have a right to walk in divine health, to be free from sickness and disease? You have a right to have your physical body healed. Why? Because you're so good? No, because of what Jesus did. Do you know you have a right to have all lack out of your life? Financially, I'm talking. You have a right to have more than enough finances always. But you have to speak what you have a right to or it won't happen in your life. Because the Bible says you will have what you say. Right? So we have to speak these things. <clears throat> so important to speak these things. Look at 1 John chapter 5. 
1 John chapter 5. So we're starting, you know, if you wanted to put a title on this, I would say you could call this Righteousness Speaks. You have to speak your righteousness. And we need help. We need the Holy Spirit's help to help us. And he will help you get your speech right. Because most people have no idea. Oh, I don't really speak that negative. Right? Boy, if you could record yourself, you'd be like, wow, who is that? Right? You just notice every once in a while when you go a little bit too far, that's, what, that's usually what happens. You go a little too far, and then you're like, oh, you know, I, I really shouldn't be saying that. But what you don't realize is all those little subtle things that you've been saying that you don't even realize you've been saying has been handing you what you're living in right now. So, so righteousness, being conscious that you've been made righteous, that will help you to invite the Holy Spirit's help into your life. Sift my speech through the word of God, right? Don't ever lie. I mean, now, now, come on. Now, I know none of you would ever tell a lie, right? But don't ever lie. You, you, you're always going to be tempted to lie because you have the nature of Satan. And, and, you know, I think there was a Star Trek thing years ago where I think Spock, they said, you know, well, did, why did you tell a lie? He's like, no, I just, it was an exaggeration. Well, exaggeration's a lie, <laughs> right? Right? If I go to Mark's house for dinner and they serve something that I really don't like and, they're, and, and you know, Chris looks at me and I love her so much, and she's a phenomenal cook. And she's like, do you like it? If, if I say, you know, I give in to the pressure and go, oh, yeah. Do you know that will undermine my faith? Because I won't be able to believe what I say. Now, that's hard, right? Right? We had a couple, we, had, we have a couple in our church. And uh, we used to do these luncheon brunches. We still wish we could do them. Every month, we'd have lunch after church. And it was awesome, you know, and... And uh, sweet lady in our church, phenomenal cook, Anel Dent, right? Probably shouldn't say her name. You guys are going to be going up to Chuck and Anel. Hey, can I come over for dinner, right? <laughs> Don't do that. I'll get in trouble. So anyway, she comes up to me one time and she says, hey, I want you, I'm going to make you grits. And I'm like, when I, when I went to Rama, I heard about this thing called a grit. And I'm like going... I've seen it. I don't really know what that is, you know. It doesn't look like anything that I would want to eat. It's kind of kind of in the classification of a Brussels sprout to me. <laughs> not not quite that low, but so so and now I so I told him now I I just said I said listen, I said you know what, I will definitely try it, but now I need you to know if I don't like it, don't take that personal because I won't lie to you, right? I won't lie to you, I'll tell you. And it doesn't mean that the grits are not good, it just means that I don't like them, right? Why is that? Because you can't walk by faith if you don't believe what you say. So in order not to lie, see now, now I see most of us tell little lies, right? That we don't even realize. 
because we're just going throughout our day, you know? I mean, I was a national sales manager, so when people asked me what I did, I said I ran a daycare. I had 63 salesmen nationwide, all wanting, they just wanted to play golf. I'm in California, and I got to manage this guy, you know, who's in Florida, right? So I would always be able to tell. I'd do a one-on-one -on -one with a salesman. So how's it going? What, what have you been up to? Oh, man, I've been just super busy. Right, Mark? Right? Been super busy. I just, you know, I've just made a lot of contacts and, and just talking to a lot of people and visiting accounts. Do you know what that person just told me? He's not doing anything. He's on a golf course. Because if he was doing something, he goes, oh, you know, well, first of all, I went to Foot Locker. I met with the VP there, and, and we said this. And then I went over here to Sportstown, and, and then I met with this buyer at Shields, and, and this is where we're at here. That, that's truthful. So that little vague stuff. Here's a big lie in the church. Oh, yeah, I'm in the Word. Here's, here's the biggest one. Right? Oh, yeah, sure, brother, I'll pray for you. I'll be praying for you. And you never pray. You just told a lie. What you don't realize, when you're trying to believe God for something, you won't believe. You're, you won't believe what you say. Because you're just kind of... So how do we overcome that? Thank God we don't overcome that in our own strength. The Holy Spirit's on the inside to help us. Right? I'm telling you guys, what we're talking about here is life. Now, do we have unlimited mercy with God? Oh, absolutely. Right? Unlimited mercy. I'm a complete example of unlimited mercy. I know no matter how I blow it, my Father still loves me and will restore and fix any of the mess that I ever create in life. And that makes me just want to love him and run towards him. Amen. you got to have that revelation that God's love for you will never wane. Now, it doesn't mean he's always pleased with you, but his love for you never changes. And the minute, the minute you invite him on the scene, he's there. And we know from Scripture he never beats us up for the mess we've created right? <clears throat> Maybe we as parents should learn that for our kids when they create messes. Because you know, we as parents, when your son or your daughter creates a mess that you did when you were younger, you really get on them, right? Because you're sitting there going, man, I know how that produced death in my life and my kids are not going to walk in that. And so you start bashing on them, which literally makes them want to run to that, Right? Man, your daughter meets this guy that's so bad for, for her. Just, just throw down your authority as a parent and go, you are never going to see this guy ever. Okay. That'll be the one guy she goes after, right? Look at 1 John. Have you found it yet? 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. It says this, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the Greek word cosmos, this means overcomes the world system. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, or the world system, even our faith. You've been given the very faith of God. 
So let's, let's go on a little bit with this. Go to Romans chapter 5 in verse 17. It says here, For if by one man's offense, talking about Adam in the garden, death reigned, or death had full and superior dominion, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So you see, the grace of God, it is a source of power that is to produce inward strength in you. Okay, so trek with me. we got to talk a little bit about grace so that we can see the point. The grace of God is a source of power that will produce inward strength in you. The grace of God is God doing for me and you what we could never do for ourselves. Right? What is the grace of God? It's literally another aspect of this. It's literally a divine deposit in you of God's ability. God deposits his ability in a person which produces outward manifestations of God's glory. God will literally impart the grace of God in you that will heal your body, that will produce the glory of God out of you. People will see the work of God, the very, they'll see the presence of God as you're walking in your healing. The grace of God is God's ability coming in and producing the finances to take you out of poverty and lack so that now as you walk in abundance, people will see that it was God. Right? So this is very important. Now in verse 21, Romans 5:21, it says, as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign, how? Through righteousness. How does the grace of God have full and superior dominion in your life? Another way to say that, how does the healing power of God have full and superior dominion over any sickness in your body? How does the prosperity of God, which is the grace of God, how does that have full and superior dominion over the lack of finances that you have? It's through righteousness. In other words, you have to know who you are. If you don't know you've been made righteous, you'll think, well, this is just my lot in life. Maybe God's trying to teach me something, or I'm not worthy, right? Do you know so many Christians, they don't even realize. I walked, I walked in the lie of being worthless for many years of my life, and I did not even know it. I'm so grateful that I spent time with the Lord, and he revealed it to me, and when that was revealed to me, it fell off of me. Now I look at it and go, when you get free from things, it's like you look back and you go, wow, I have a mental, I know I did that, but it's almost like somebody else did that. Because that wasn't even me. And then as soon as you say that, the Holy Spirit will go, yeah, that wasn't you. You weren't acting like you were, you, you, you were not acting like you are. Right? 
grace reigns through righteousness unto eternal life. So if you don't know that you've been made righteous, you're going to have a real hard time with the promises of God literally reigning in your life. How do you know when the grace of God reigns in your life? You'll see it. You'll see the money. You'll, you'll walk in the health. You'll walk in the, the mental freedom. You'll walk free from depression. You'll walk fearless in the earth. That's, that's when you know it has full and superior dominion over the world system. This is why our victory is faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world system. It's our faith, right? Guess what? Our faith is God's faith that he gave us. It comes by hearing his word. And it is the victory. So in other, in other words, when I, when I read, he sent his word and healed me, when I hear that in my spirit, faith is birthed, and now I have the victory over the sickness in my body. Because I know he sent his word and healed me. I know Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain. When I read that my God shall supply all of my need, but he'll supply it according to his riches and glory, and it'll all come to me through his son Jesus, when I, when I hear that in my spirit, all of a sudden financially, that, that battle's over. And it will have full and superior dominion over the lack that's in my life. In other words, my bank account will change in the form of a better job, a new job, a business, money coming in from all sources, whatever God needs to do. We don't get into the how, right? He's the God of the how. You don't have to know how your heart works for your heart to work perfectly. You don't have to know how a system in your body, right, works to cause your blood sugar to be normal for it to be normal. That's his deal, right? Now, there's some people that understand that stuff. If you want to know more about blood sugar, go talk to Dr. Kirshner, right? He's got like 17, 18 PhDs, right? <laughs> no, just, only three, I'm sorry. Wow right? I'm sticking the pastoring right now. But if you really want to understand that, if you want to understand physics, go talk to Pastor Edwin. I'm just like, you know what? I understand physics. God's holding everything together. Period. That's it. I'm good with that. Don't give me a physics book. Have no time, right? Chemistry. Wow. You know, I mean, I'm not proud of this, but Man, all of us guys in chemistry class, Stephen Decatur High School, we would pick, okay, who's not going to go to class this day? Test. And then we'd sit out, you know, then we'd, we'd come back the next day and take the test that everybody else took. And, you know, one of my friends would throw all the answers out there to us in the hallway and we'd get it, right? And the teacher was this little guy. He was a Golden Gloves boxer when he was younger. He was an older man now. Just like a tenacious little dude, right? And I remember he pulled all of us together, all of us basketball players together. And he started beating on my chest. He goes, it's a miracle that all you guys get the same answers right every time and, you know, and all this other stuff. 
And, and he goes, all I'm going to say to you is you better not cheat again or you're, you're going to deal with me in a way you don't want to. And we're all looking at him like, yeah, I'm not messing with this guy, you know. <laughs> he would wreak havoc on my stomach because that's about right, right, you know, where he's, where he's at. So, you know, we would cheat and uh, I got a D. I got a D. Now, if you're in medical school, I've heard D means doctor, but in high school, <laughs> D is not good. So, of course... You know, my dad was always drunk, so I changed it to a B and redid, and you know, my mom was just pretty busy, so she didn't pay attention. So I didn't wreak the havoc of that. And God forgave me of that. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. But I'm going to stick to the Bible now. If you had told me I would live to study, I'd be like, what? You know, like a chip is a salsa delivery device. You know that, right? <laughs> I thought high school was a basketball delivery device. You went there to play basketball, not study, right? Anyway, people, it's not how you start the race. It's how you finish, and you're going to finish strong. Amen? That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So we obtain the faith of God through being made the righteousness of God. Grace and peace is multiplied unto us through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. All things that pertain unto life and godliness come to us through the knowledge of God. Wow. We partake of his very nature, the divine nature, through the knowledge of God. Grace reigns through righteousness unto eternal life. All of these things come to us through revelation knowledge of God. And that's why this, this is the truth. Everything, it, you know, if you talk to me, this is what I have, right? We don't have to do a lot of counseling around here. Why? Because it's not going to help you to come tell me about all your problems because the question is, are you going to do the word of God, right? Many people go to therapists. Many Christians will go to therapists to get them to the point to where maybe they'll decide to do the word. But at some point, you're going to have to decide. Otherwise, you can go to a therapist for all eternity. And you could talk about your problems, but when you get in the word of God, you start to see, wait a minute, talking about my problems doesn't help me. Right? Now, thank God for godly, spirit-filled therapists because sometimes people are so burdened down that that therapist could get them to the point where they can start speaking the word and start doing the word. Man, I'm telling you, there are Christians that are called to the ministry that are just so self-centered and they can't figure out why. They can't figure out why God is not moving them into this ministry they feel in their heart. And they're blind because they're so self-centered that ministry's all about them. Right? You know, I was talking to Tad Gregorich. He's a dean of Rama, And, you know, we're talking about, you know, coming in May, another graduating class here, right? 
And man, I could just tell. I remember when I was at Rama. man, that last semester, all or quarter, all, everybody would talk. Every time you meet somebody, you knew. So what are you going to do when you graduate? What are you going to do when you graduate? There's all this pressure. What are you going to do when you graduate? And most people, well, I'm going to pastor. I'm going to go pastor a church. Now, I haven't told anybody about Christ. I haven't done anything about the kingdom. I'm not even in the word very much. And when I am in the word, it's just all about me because I'm so fed up with my own life. But I just got to go do ministry. And you're tripping over thousands of people that don't know God, wondering why you can't find your place. All of that is solved as you find out who you are. Because the first thing you got to get free from is you got to get free from yourself. The greatest words that Jesus spoke to me, apart from his word, actually, though, I could back that up with probably about 30 scriptures, is get over yourself. When the Lord told me, Tony, you need to get over yourself. He said, because ministry is really hard when you're working and I'm not working. There's people that want to do ministry. Pastor... You know, I, I, I mean, we've had, it, we've had this happen a little bit. You know, hey, I'm a Rhema grad. You know what that means to me? So what? I, I could tell you Rhema grads that just are out there. You know, Star Trek Christians, man, they're boldly going where no man has ever gone before, right? I could, I could show you others that are wonderful, that will do nothing in their local church, but they want to teach. Well, can you, can, you, can you usher? Oh, no, no, no. It's like not interested, right? Because here's the principle. If you're not faithful in what's little, you won't be faithful in much. And if you're not faithful in something that's another man's, you won't be faithful with the true riches. And, and I got to tell you guys, This is why we pray for each other. Because people that are caught in this, it's horrible for them. They have this desire. They just want to serve God. They love God with all their heart. They just have blind spots. I know how that is. I had blind spots. And man, when a blind spot had fixed, you're going, wow, why was I such an idiot? And God, thank you for showing me that. Because I don't have to be stupid anymore. Right? Guys, This is a season, if you will embrace God, he will walk you into his plan. And it's a very short road, but you're going to have to get over yourself, right? For most Christians, this teaching on righteousness is really hard because you're going to have to, number one, you're going to have to forgive yourself. You're going to have to stop beating yourself up for past mistakes, because if you believe that, he, that Jesus bore your sin and you were once and for all deemed innocent, he paid that price. When you beat yourself up, you are basically saying to Jesus, your sacrifice was not enough. And until you stop beating yourself up, you won't beat others up that are, trying, that are beating, or you, <laughs> let me say that again. You, you will stop allowing others to beat you up. Right? Listen, shame, guilt, and condemnation has no place in your life. It keeps you out. 
So I want to encourage you because guys, have you noticed God is taking our church to another level, which means he wants to take all of us to another level. Listen, to do that, it's, it's so simple and so easy, but you have to go to the Lord and say, listen, I, I just want, I want to do your will in this life. I know you're good and I know your path is right for me. Show me where I'm missing it. What am I not seeing? What am I seeing wrong? And then make that adjustment at all cost. Be willing to, because see, a lot of times this is all, this is all, all this insecurity is literally steeped in pride. Righteousness consciousness will free you from pride. This is so important. You know, I'm saying these things. I pray that you hear my heart in this. So Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Again, we've probably read this one a few times, haven't we? Therefore, being justified by faith, that means declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God is not mad at you. You have peace with him. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, right? Wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. It gives us a future. We have access by faith into this grace. So this, but it all starts with God, with you gaining a revelation knowledge that God has made me his righteousness and now I have peace with him. That is the place where now you can walk in the faith of God to receive the grace of God, which will cause you to stand and rejoice because you know when you're believing God for something, you're going to see it in your future. Right? So faith then is for the purpose of take, taking possession of the grace of God, but you have to know you've been made righteous to do that. So look at Ephesians 1.3 as we're kind of coming down the road here a little bit. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, this is one of those, Ephesians is such a wonderful book, but in this first chapter, it's a real run-on sentence. I just want to focus on verse 3, but look at what it says here. Blessed, this Greek word means empowered to prosper and succeed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, past tense, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. See, you got to know this. Physical blessings are an outward manifestation of a spiritual blessing. Every physical blessing that you see has a root in a spiritual blessing that you've been given. Okay? The spirit world is the parent world over the physical world. Everything you see in this physical world was made, the Bible says, by things that you can't see. So in other words, in order to have, to have physical blessings... You must have spiritual blessings. And according to this, you've been blessed with all of them. 
you already have been given all of them. So you have everything on the inside of you to produce everything you'll need on the outside. You have all the spiritual blessings to produce all the money that you will ever need to do everything God has called you to do on this earth, to live at a level that's probably way beyond where you are living, where I'm living, literally, it's all there. You have been given the spiritual blessing of healing and divine health that will literally produce outward manifestations of physical healing. You've been given all of it. The seen realm always comes from the unseen realm. In other words, this, if you want a commentary on Ephesians 1.3, here's the Tony Finley commentary on this. You ready? It's deep. God has already given you the root to all the fruit. He's already given it to you. You already have it. You already have the root to all the fruit. Or I should say it so it, this could sound a lot nicer. God has given you the root to all the fruit. Wow. That must be prophetic. It rhymes, right? Do you realize? Think about that, though. You have the root of all the healing you'll ever need, all the finances you'll ever need, all the peace, all the freedom from any addiction that you'll ever, everything, you've been given all of the root to it. And that spiritual blessing will produce physical blessing. I love that. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Give me just a couple more minutes. Verse 27, it says this, to whom God would make known what is the riches. This Greek word means the inexhaustible supply of riches. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What is the mystery? It is Christ in you, the hope. This word hope means the expectation of glory. Wow. This is everything. All these spiritual blessings that we've been given are in Christ who is in you and who you are already in. All these spiritual blessings have already been deposited in you. Do you realize you have it all in you right now? That's why your future is not in front of you, it's within you. What are you believing God for? Right? If you're single and want to be married, guess what? Your husband, your wife is in you. And whenever, you, whenever they cross your path, you're going to know. Your ministry is in you. Your career, business ideas, all of it's in you. Your future is in you. And as you walk by the faith of God, you have access into the grace of God that will cause you to walk in Zoe, eternal life, in the very life of God. And it's all because God justified you. 
He made you righteous all because he made Jesus sin. What I want you to see is, guys, if you're righteous, you have, that's everything. You can't be good enough to be righteous. You have to be made it. Oh, that's such good news. I've got, I've got goosebumps on the inside of me about ready to explode. In other words, God has deposited in you the root of all things pertaining to Zoe, the God quality of life, and godliness, which is godly living. Everything's within you. See, this lifestyle that you might be living, this secret sin that's been eating your lunch and causes inner turmoil in you, that's in your mind. That's not in your spirit. In your spirit has already been deposited everything that pertains to life and godliness. And as you simply find out that you've been made righteous and you walk in that revelation, and to do that, you're going to have to take some time. You'll have to meditate in the Word so it'll open up. Right? Once you see that, man, faith is there. It allows you access into grace, which causes you to walk in the very life of God. We must believe this in our heart and speak it out of our mouth in order for this to manifest in this physical realm. That is huge. You must believe these things in your heart and speak them out of, your, out of your mouth in order for them to manifest in your life. In other words, spiritual blessings cannot manifest in, in the physical realm in the form of physical blessings unless you're believing God's word in your heart and speaking them out of your mouth. But if you will choose to believe them in your heart, and speak them out of your mouth, all of them will manifest in your life. What I have just told you, I've just given you the way out. This is the ultimate prosperity message. It's the way out of everything. It's the ultimate message on health. It's the ultimate message on depression, freedom from depression, anxiety, fear, everything, everything. You must never let leave your mouth the word of God. Say this with me. I am the very righteousness of Almighty God. Apart from works, it's through faith. That's who you are. And that gives you access to everything. Amen?